Hey everybody, this is the Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast. The podcast is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. Kingpin's online at kingpintattoosupply.com. Special thanks go out to Waterloo Tattoo Workstations and Hustle Butter Deluxe. You can find them on Instagram at Hustle Butter Deluxe and at Waterloo Tattoo. My guest today is a second time guest. He's an absolute genius uh, rotary machine builder. Guys like Lyle Hardy and Doug and Doug Hardy are raving about his machines. They're absolutely functional pieces of artwork as well. Uh, Dan Kubin is on the show today. What's happening, man? And not much. Man, we are working through some fucking technical bullshit here today. Uh, like for the listeners, and hopefully you can't hear all the chatter and the echo, and but you probably can. And this is what we have to deal with with Skype. It's a motherfucker, man. <laughs> so what have you been up to, man? You just been pounding out machines. You got a couple designs uh, now that are in the that have been in the works and that are production machines for you. Tell me what you have cracking. Well, um, my latest project has been my Sidewinder machines. Um, it's I think that's the you know the the best the most innovative thing I've made so far. Um, what makes it neat is I've had I've had a few a few uh, um, artists wanting to use uh, rotaries and for lining, and then they come back and say, "Yeah, I can't line with your rotary because I want to line off the tip. Uh, I don't I don't like having to push the line in. You know, I just want to graze the skin and and put this line in effortlessly." And I started um, I started playing around. I had an idea kicking around uh, quite a few years ago, but I just didn't have the the building experience um to make it um but basically i created this rotary where it it um there's a lot of force right off the very tip of the needle like at the bottom of the stroke is it's a very prominent punch and um it has give just like a coil machine um a little bit stiffer than a coil but um uh you basically get that same feel, but it's, it sounds like a coil, but it's a fraction of the of, of the sound. And uh, when you turn it up real high and run it hard and fast, it still doesn't sound like you're, you know, going to destroy somebody. Even <laughs> though it's even though it's hitting harder than a normal coil machine, it doesn't sound like it. So that the illusion that it's not hitting as hard or something's there. Right. But, um, but uh, I just get, I just kind of keep. I, I guess as I progress as a tattooer, I just want stuff that just gets down to business, you know, like, um, I want to be able to take a 14 liner and just put it in without even trying. And, and, you know, and with the same machine, you know, use a three liner or a seven or a 15 mag, you know, and just, you know, just be able to get down to business. And, um, I don't want to have to wrestle with the skin to try to get it to go. And, um, is that, is that where this whole rotary thing for you started? It was just a desire to, figure out an easier way of dealing with the variable of skin uh yeah um well you know i was building coils before and i did that and it was like it was never anything i did seriously like i tried doing it serious but um the problem is i i I built a coil machine and i could get it after fucking with it for two weeks you know i could get it to run right um and then it wouldn't run right. And then I'd try to make another one just like it. And, and it wouldn't, it'd be a totally different machine, even though I did everything the same. And, and I was getting so frustrated with it. Like I could never, I could never see myself being a reputable builder building coil machines, um, because I could never consistently make it. And, um, 
and I didn't understand. Like I'm, I'm still learning, and I, and I have, actually have a coil machine design in the works that I'm kind of tinkering with. Oh shit! Uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll get to that later. Uh, but yeah, I got into rotaries because well, I just had some some uh, friends of mine who are that I respected as tattoo artists. They they wanted they got into rotaries and they wanted me to build them some and you know they're they're just direct drives you know and they liked them and uh but they didn't like how chintzy they were and it was like a bolt-on kind of bolt kind of thing so if the motor came loose then then everything's out of alignment and uh so anyways i made them some and then i got into the rotaries i always used to think rotaries are kind of gay and mainly it's just like the look of of 99 of rotaries it's just like it looked like they've been pooped out of a spaceship or something you know um there's just no there's nothing there and they don't even know why they have to like i can't imagine that tattoo artists even like like that look like it doesn't seem to go with that like look of tattoo art you know this like you know soulless <laughs> looking piece of aluminum you know or, but anyways that's that's all my opinion i'm you know I'm kind of stuck in my ways i guess but um so yeah I, I started making these things and i was excited that like i could kind of bring back something like aesthetically you know that that um that that was lacking in the rotary field um but also uh you know functionality you know i was like i saw where it's an untapped untapped you know deal like pretty much in coil machines like everything's kind of been done you know and so now you got people arguing over if their tube vice looks like so-and-so's or not you know and like i'm on to bigger better things you know i'm like trying to create new new function and and uh you know in in, in the rotary world there's still quite a bit of room to like innovate and create things and and create a new machine that that does something specific or for those uh, people for those listeners that don't know break down the difference between what kind of rotaries are there and are there different uses for the different styles of rotary uh yeah you know like okay the most basic um and the one that a lot of people like when they get into building rotaries uh they go uh, for the direct drive machines. And, um, you know, that was, that was, you know, I think the first tattoo machine ever invented was a direct drive, basically, you know, just on a cam and, um, um, and it, you know, goes in a circle and kind of goes up and down. And, um, and it's like, you know, for some people that's, it's a great machine and other people they're weirded out by it. And, and there's, you know, there's a little bit that goes into the setting up the machine to, you know, so it doesn't all chatter and, and spit ink everywhere. Um, I'm kind of like off and on with them, but anyways, it's a good, you know, like it's a, just your basic tool. A lot of people are starting to really like them for stipple shading to, since that's getting really popular. And, uh, the fact that it has no give to it, it's just a solid hit. And when it goes down, it kind of, it kind of goes in an angle and comes out at an opposite angle. So it kind of works the needles in the skin a little bit. Um, and so uh, you get, you, you can get quite a bit of punch out of the off the you know out of it and um it works good when you run the machine really low and then stipple shading kind of like whip shading with a three liner or something um I, i've really gotten into that and that's what i like them for i love it i that's what i initially got my very first rotary um for was to stip was to stipple with it and it's still what i use um i still do use a direct drive rotary for that and where did it develop from the direct drive? From there, it went to uh, the armature bar style. is a, is the next um, the next kind that a lot of people will make. You know, and a lot of people make those uh, 
because you know you can buy parts for like stealth rotaries or whatever you know and they sell the cams and the connecting links and stuff so it's not that hard to you know get a motor and put, get an armature bar and you know kind of connect it all and you know so that's like another one that like another basic machine um i kind of went when i went to the armature bar style like that's like my flagship machine that's the one that like that's that's what everybody asks for uh up until now with, with the sidewinder and now that's just ridiculous but um uh with that i've kind of taken it to like another level of you know like adding adding a little bit more function into the armature bar and and so it it hits a little different than just a, a standard up and down um no give kind of a a bar rotary I, and there's there's quite a few little tricks to, that you know to throw in and uh the funny thing is when i got them i was using these um these uh fly with these direct drive flywheels and i was uh, using that as my as the flywheel to move the mechanism and um when i when i um made it i needed to change the stroke i was like i have all these little flywheels but i don't want to be set with a stroke i need a different stroke length and um you know walking my dog a lot of my ideas come from walking my dog in the morning and i like, oh shit and i i figured out a way to um to basically make an adjustable stroke out of it and when i did make the adjustable stroke um I found that uh, I could really learn a lot about like what what stroke does what and what I can do with this and what I can do with that. So um, so yeah, that that kind of I put a, uh, an armature bar rotary on the market that had an adjustable stroke and had a little bit of dampening built into it, and um, it just kind of um, exploded. You know, there's a lot a lot of functionality in it. People could line with it, and um, you know, so it was it ended up you know kind of getting me where i'm at right now um so yeah that's 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 the um you know a real common machine is the armature bar rotary i'm i'm fortunate that even though there's people that are kind of knocking off the look um they're kind of knocking off the look oh great <laughs> those are the kids uh, and my family's home yeah hell yeah i like um, it anyways uh <laughs> where was i um uh, you know, I, I uh, just kind of lost, lost track. your train of thought. Well, you know, I'm curious to because I think that guys like yourself, uh, we talked about it a little bit before the podcast. Guys like yourself, guys like Franco, who was talked about heavily by uh, Rich Rich Pineda last week on last week's episode, who is the owner and designer of the Bishop Rotary. I think you guys are on the cutting edge of of the rotary you know, this rotary boom in tattooing, which has been going on now for a few years, but I think it's at the beginning. And I, I like, I like the functionality of a rotary machine. I like the smoothness of it. I like not having to fuck with it too much. You know, all these things for me make a rotary on my day to day tattooing. And I tattoo in a street shop. I'm tattooing soccer moms and, you know, custom pieces all in the same day, lettering to tribal to whatever. And I like the ability to use one machine for a bunch of different things. And it seems like functionality of it, it tattooing might be going in that direction more towards a more functional tool. Even though the coil machine has been around since, you know, O'Reilly... 1891 it's it's i think it's maybe 
I don't I want I don't want to say it's going to be phased out. I'm curious if it's going to be phased out. Do you think so? As a guy who uses rotaries every day? You know, um well it's weird. Like I was kind of talking about my Sidewinder machine and you know, what really kind of got me really wanting to make it uh, basically it kind of works. It has a lot of the benefits of a coil machine, but it's like a fraction of the size uh and weight um and it's a lot quieter, even though it just sounds like a really smooth running coil machine. Even when it's hitting real hard and fast, it's still nice and controlled and uh, there's not a lot of chatter. And it's a lot that goes into just how it's pivoted and stuff mm-hmm. instead of with a flat spring. Um, but anyways, when I, I got into that and, um, and a lot of people that are into rotaries got that and like, oh my God, now, now they're wanting to go back to their coils, except that you know there's the inconsistency and the noise and everything. Um, and so like right now, um, you know, with my building experience, I'm kind of like been tinkering around with a coil machine idea. I haven't messed with it because I kind of have this belief, like for myself, I don't want to make something if it's already been done, you know, like if there's already people, people making it and and export it to its fullest and they're making great machines, then there's no reason for me to like step on their toes and, and, and copy what they're doing. Cause that's all I could do is like just... If I try to make a standard coil machine, what I'd probably do is go get a Sessafari liner or, or, or I have a friend of mine makes really great machines, Matt Morin, and, uh, you know, he's making some really awesome, like, shorty coil, hard-hitting, you know, coil liners and shaders. Um, you know, basically, I'd be just trying to copy their shit. I'm like, okay, they bit their spring this much, with this much tension, and, and this many wraps on their coils. That's what i got to do. You know, so yeah. uh, I'm just a scab at that point. You know, I'm not creating anything beneficial or you know um but anyways i got this idea with kind of how my sidewinder is to like i'm gonna try making a coil i'm actually gonna do it friday like coming up in a couple days see how it goes uh but um but you know i think if i can get a coil machine to sound you know a lot quieter and just streamline and smooth running um adjustable tension you know where you can kind of control and fine-tune it yourself a lot of people don't want that when they get in rotaries you know they like the fact that they don't have to tune it or whatever i kind of go back and forth i kind of like that i can dial in a machine or as i change styles or whatever like i'm always reinventing how i tattoo so i'm always kind of tinkering with stuff and sometimes i want a real hard fast hitting machine or other times i want to soft and soft and slow or vice versa you know um so you know i'm I don't, I think right now, just the crazes on rotaries because there hasn't been anything new and significant with coil machines. Um, like, it's just people are doing the same same thing that was being done. Um, like, like, seriously, when was the last significant improvement to coil machines? You know, when has anybody done anything besides like aesthetics that has really like jumped out and been like, holy fuck, look at, look at, look at what Sony just created with an electromagnetic coil, you know? Um, so maybe, Maybe if uh, if there becomes some some kind of new thing um, um, and it's significant, then I think I think it could balance back out again. Um, I I don't want to like discount all coil builders for saying they're not creating anything new. I I have seen like some cool shit. There's this Mike Flying Irons guy I follow on Instagram. You see his stuff before, or John Clark with like you know his his stuff. You know he's I guess he's you know cutting edge stuff. Um, so I guess I have to rescind my comment. You know, there's people <laughs> doing cool stuff. I, you know, but uh, it's not not a whole lot. And I think it's kind of like a getting to its its 
plateau of, of what can be done, maybe. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, it is, it's been being fucked with for, you know, over 100 years. And yeah. when you do that and you take this one little device that has a certain amount of variables to it, you can fuck with those variables and get them to a point where you have standards that work really good within this kind of context. It's, I don't know where it can go other than aesthetic. Yeah. Aesthetically, uh, these things are they're amazing. Like, like, there's not a lot of coil. Like, it's usually like you got a coil machine, and it's like, this is for five to seven liners. This is for seven to nine liners. This is for nine to 14s. Or this is for, like, my small mags, and this is for my big mag. You know, it's you really can't have a liner and a shader. Like, you really, I mean, I, I some people do, because I, I know some artists that they're really good at what they do, and they'll just stick to, like, you know, they use a certain size liner needle and a certain size, like they'll use a seven mag and a nine liner or something. That's all they use mm -hmm. for everything, you know? Um, and for them, you know, it's, it's fine. They can just have a couple machines and they work that way. Um, the, the benefit of a, of a lot of rotaries is that they can work with whatever, you know, and you can kind of get a middle of the road stroke length. And, um, and there's quite a few that will kind of do everything and you can throw any, any needle configuration at it and it's gonna you're not limited by like how many rubber bands you put on or or um you know this viscosity of ink isn't gonna flow right with it and it's gonna bog down the machine um you definitely do with a rotary take out a lot of the variables um of you know that you have as a coil so um and i think people are finally starting to see that you know um there's interesting things with rotaries and it's not just like a, a you know some sissy ass machine it's not Stay. junior varsity machine yeah <laughs> it's like it's varsity team shit and the, the one comment i i really uh thought was neat that rich pineda said he just and and it's interesting that he had this perspective as a tattooer that's been tattooing four years and at the level that he's at he's only been tattooing four years this guy's put in hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hours of tattooing in those four years but he said they're tools. These machines are tools, and that's it. They're extensions of my hand. What's going to help with my tattooing and make it easier, that's the tool that I want to use. And he's not getting bogged up, bogged down in the nostalgia of the coil machine or the tradition of it, which are good things. I mean, I think that he started on coils, so he knows what he's talking about. He's used them. It's not like he's speaking from inexperience you know, inexperience or experience just using the rotary. He's, he's saying these tools make my tattooing easier. So I'm going to use them. Right. And I like that. I mean, it's, it's true. If we're going to sit there and just, you know, use the tools that have been used for, you know, a hundred years plus and, and, and be okay with that. I mean, if you can do that and it's what you enjoy doing and you're putting out quality work, I don't give a fuck what tool you use. Yeah. For me personally, I want to use the tools that make the shit easier, you know? So where do you think, how did you come about doing all the, the wood inlay and, and all that shit on your machines? Because these things are looking fucking sick, dude. And huh. it's, it's come a long ways from where you were, you know, doing the powder coating when we first had you on the show um, to now where you're doing a lot uh, of the greater detail in the aesthetic with the with the wood inlays and all that shit 
Yeah. Um, well, you know, really, um, it was kind of like an afterthought. Yeah, I came up, it's just with my Sidewinder. Um, uh, that's the only thing I can think that I can do that with and get away with like a piece of wood that can be functional. Um, but, um, you know, I created that machine and I don't want a whole bunch of people looking and seeing the guts to seeing how the damn thing works, you know? So, um, I made it and, um, uh, the first one I made, I never posted a picture of it because it just so it kind of breaks it down to like, oh, that's what it is. Oh, okay. You know, and I could possibly do that. And then they try to do it and it'd be a mess. But, uh, uh, it took you a while to figure it out how to, oh my to God, put that this- together. The fucking machine, man. It's like uh, it's like the Mount Everest for me to climb. Like, and I feel like I feel like I'm just about halfway up the mountain. I, I think I got it figured out. But just when I say I think I got this all figured out, I said that two months ago, and since then I've learned so much. You know, I've learned so much since then. So, um, there's there's quite a. It's, it's basically like a whole new machine. There's nothing else like it, and I'm having to learn everything everything that kind of the hard way you know and like every every little thing there's little variables that i learn about and um um kind of like a coil machine there's there's several different elements to it like you can modify the stroke and that controls the hit and how hard it hits but you can also control the spring tension which controls how hard it hits and and the inner relationship between the two and then there's there's about four different variables with tuning it and um um that uh, kind of make it uh, unique, and, and I can really create a fine tune, you know, to to my needs, kind of a machine. Um, but yeah, the wood inlays kind of came like I when Hiding I started. Shit. Well, I started making it, and um, I was like, oh shit, I can I can put a little cover plate on this thing, you know, and and then I put the cover plate on, and and at first I had a little piece of steel as my cover plate and i was like i think that looked good in brass and i've made a brass one I was like oh that looks pretty good and i was like you know i could use wood <laughs> and like and had, i've had you worked with wood before uh no my dad uh has a little woodworking shop so like all uh um when i do my wood inlay i just i get all my pieces cut and i go over there and and route it all out and do it and you know so um uh it's you know, it's I've you know I've done little shit. I've built decks on homes, and and I, you know I, I I was quite a handyman before I got into building you know rotary machines and stuff. So so you know I can get around a little bit in a wood shop. What's your favorite thing you like about the Sidewinder as opposed to your other um, styles of machines? Uh, you know, I just I can effortlessly line any size needle and just put it in without even trying. You know, I can I can use a 14 liner like in a gushy part of like the kidneys, and effortlessly like not even having to push or really stretch the skin, and I can just lay it in there, and um, and it's still it's still not you know it hits hard. I haven't blown a line out yet. I don't know if that comes with 10 years experience of tattooing that I'm not blowing lines out, but but um you know I can use a 14 or I can use a three with it, and it's just a fun. It's just so fun to line with like uh like. I used. I remember when I used to dread like doing a whole bunch of lines on something. You know, like oh fuck, I'm doing this half sleeve, and that's gonna wear me out trying to push all those lines in. And now I'm like, all right, you know, I got a, I got a shit ton of lines, and I'm just gonna just have some fun. You know, so um, that's it. You know, I've never, I've never really enjoyed lining with with a machine before, coil or rotary. Um, I had my mini crankers, which I could line with, and I could, I could push whatever size liner I wanted. 
but that's the thing like you kind of have to push with it and engage engage the needles a little bit to get it to go and then once you get to go it's fine but um you know after a big huge session of tattooing your, your hands a little worn out from having to stretch so much and having to push so hard um so um yeah i think just like the effortless lining and just the fact that like i came up with something that it wasn't an innovation it was like a whole invention of, of a new machine so um so i i guess i have something to be really proud of with it you know absolutely where do you think the what's the next direction with that machine have you have you thought of another place to take it or are you just still working on pinpointing down what is able to be uh, done with it in its current state what i'd like and i don't know if i'll ever get to this point but the only drawback with the machine is it has to be tuned every once in a while and i'm i'm learning more and more like how to kind of I tune it off the get-go now to where it's going to break in and get to a certain point where it should be like that's the ideal spot. But um, right now, it's I've, I'm always like afraid that I'm going to get it in the hands of somebody who they got a rotary because they didn't want to mess with it. And this is a machine that has to be adjusted and like tension has to be set and the, the stroke has to be um, reset every once in a while because like, you know, as, as parts move, you know, things kind of you know springs kind of get a little softer and there's you got to add a little tension i have videos i have videos showing how to do it all you know and it makes perfect sense to me but i think a lot of people they they think i must have magic hands and if they try to do something then they're, they're not going to be able to do it right and is it easy for somebody to do and and, and adjust those things well i think so but then again <laughs> you know, i got a video showing how to do it but but i mean I've, i I've thought said, it was going to be easy to change my iphone screen one time too and i fucked that shit up even worse yeah, you know, for guys so like for guys like let's say guys like me who I'm not the most mechanical dude, you know, I want something that is um, if if I need to do it and it's mechanical, I want somebody to show me exactly step by step, and I have to have the right tools, you know. Um, so, what's the where's your where are the videos that you can take a look on a on a YouTube channel or? Uh, uh, it's on YouTube if you search like sidewinder tuning but if you, the easiest you can just go to my website and under a maintenance section um, I just have videos there I have videos showing how to replace the motors and my machines and you know how to do everything I'm I'm trying to, to put more stuff on there just so people know how to work on them um, and it's just coming with time there's a lot of stuff though I'm just reluctant to put too many videos on my sidewinder up showing how to do everything because like I, I just want to be able to ride this wave as long as I can with <laughs> people without people like knocking it off, you know, and, and figuring it out too much. Like there's a lot of theory I've learned and just like a coil builder, like, you know, if the, the coil builder is not going to come out and break down exactly how they tune a machine, you know, to get it to hit as hard or, or soft or whatever, you know, but like, I don't want to be that secretive, but at the same time, like, I don't want to be like having public videos breaking down every little part and how it all works. You know, there's, a there's a balance there. Yeah, and I'm trying to find that balance. I wish I could, you know, but um, I just, I, last thing I want is for like, you know, some big time company to come out and figure it out. And, and, um, and when I've already explained how everything works and how to make it work the best, then, then uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just you can't worry about the corporation, man. You can't, you can't be worried about that. You were the first that was, you were the, inventor of it you're the innovator of it so i mean i think that the tattoo community especially tattooers that are 
into the functionality of their tools are going to they're, they're, you're always going to have a, a group of people that are going to come to you for it because you're the expert with it. And just like now, there's going to be people that will they'll go buy that $30 direct drive rotary and they'll do whatever tattooing they're going to do with it. It's going to work how it's going to work. And then there's going to be that other group of people that are going to go and buy that $600 rotary or that $500 rotary. And right. I guess I'm kind of like, you know, with, in that perspective, I even if somebody did knock it off, I don't think I would like really be out. I mean, I can't, you know, um, I'm like you said, I'm still the one that created it. And there's gonna be a lot of people who just want to get one from me. And if, you know, um, I don't think that, uh, I don't know, man, <laughs> this is one of those things like you, you create something and it's like your baby and it, they, yeah. you want to harness it. But I, I think I kind of owe it to people to like to break stuff down. Usually if somebody emails me, you know, like, or texts me, like, I try to like, I'll ex- do my best to explain like how it, how to re- get it back, you know, or how to tune it up good. Um, so yeah, I, I probably will just <laughs> put all these videos on there, and I don't care. I, I, I'm just excited about the machine, you know. So, um, but yeah, like that's like I would love to be able to figure out a way to make them to where I didn't have to tune it, but I don't know if that's possible, or if I could create another machine that that kind of did the same deal. Um, with without you know as many moving parts but i don't know if that's possible either but you know um i think two years ago my friend's like oh imagine you and another year another two years what your machines are going to be like i was like i think i've already made them as good as i can man i think this is it and then like two years later i've like recreated that machine like five times and made it a lot better so yeah who knows what the future holds you know with, with innovation so it's it's good to it's good to be open to that shit and not just get locked in with one thing. I think personally. Yeah, like I guess because I, I'm still the one putting them all together and everything. Like, <laughs> like if if I had other people, you know, if, if maybe when I'm like 60 and I have a group of people build my machines for me, um, I, the the innovation will kind of like trickle out a little bit, you know, because I'm not there getting bored with putting them all together all the time, you know, and, and sure. seeing. But um, um, I think being in tune, you know, I tattoo with them, I build them, I'm putting them all together. Um, I'm, I'm always thinking about it. It's always on my mind. So, it, you know, naturally they are going to be innovated on and, and I am going to make changes along the way and get bored with something and make something new and um, hopefully for the better. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, do you use uh, disposable tubes with your machines or? No. No. Uh, I, you know, I do at conventions, and um, I'm getting into, like, like when I first used disposables, I hated it. Mm-hmm. And then the more and more, I'm like, oh, you know, this ain't so bad, especially at a convention. Like, I just, you know, I, I used to take steel tubes to conventions, and it's just like, oh, my God, this is, like, carrying around a bag of Hep C with me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. How is the weight on that? As far as, like, the weight of the machine, your your rotaries... Because I know that's my biggest thing with disposables. I like using them, and I've used the true tubes. I've used the kingpin ones. I used to order the shit ton of kingpin ones, and they're good, but I don't like using them with my coils because they're too heavy. Yeah. And, and it fucks my hand. Def- yeah, definitely can't use them. Uh, definitely can't use them with a, with a, um, with a coil machine. I, that, that, that's just a deal breaker right there. But um, I don't think it's that bad, you know. Um, 
uh, my sidewinder's a little heavier than my other rotaries. It's still like like five and a quarter ounces, so it's not that it's not that heavy. But um, you know, I'll use them. You know, when I run out of steel tubes at the shop, I'll go and grab a disposable, and it's no big deal. I think at first it's a little weird, just like the weight and a little bit more vibration, but um, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Were you pretty stoked when you heard uh, the guys at New Wave, Lal, and those those boys over there were stoked on your machines? Yeah, it's cool, man. Like, it's you know, like, what's what's really cool is like lately, like in the past like couple months, I've sold machines to almost all my favorite tattoo artists. Like, I don't know, like I don't know how that worked out, but like, uh, like um, there's there's quite a few guys that are just like I'm super stoked on their work, and and um, they contact me and want to get a machine, and you know, and it's it's pretty rewarding, you know, that that these like top notch artists are, you know, really really digging my stuff. I must be doing. Yeah, whose tattoos are you stoked on right now? Uh, you know, uh, Tony Talks. That's uh, that's not his real name. I think his last name is Nilsson. Tony Nilsson. He's out in uh, Norway, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this Blue Arms Tattoo. All those dudes at, at that shop are just amazing. You know. Um, uh, Shamus Mahana and Nick Oaks, uh, uh, MTL Tattoo uh, in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, like all, a lot of those dudes. Dylan Fort, Forte, is that how you say his yeah, name? Yeah, Dylan. Dylan's rad. I've been trying to get that, convince that motherfucker to come on this podcast. Dylan, if you're listening, hit me up, <laughs> fool. I lost your celly. So I got, I talked to him out in Colorado and uh, I loved his work. We have mutual friends, me and him, and um, in, a, in a rad artist named uh, Joey Colombo. And who's on Instagram? You can go check his work out at J. Colombo. Uh, but Dylan, Dylan's a cool man, guy, man. He does phenomenal work. Uh, I love looking at his shit. Oh yeah, I, I'm just, I've just been super into that, like that, like the black work and stuff, mm, and, me too. and like, the stippling and, and everything. And um, uh, so yeah, it's it's some some fun looking stuff, you know, and. Uh, I, I think that that's just kind of coming like really fucking popular lately you know I hope it doesn't get too played out because I think there's a, a future and you know like like just like black tattoos that don't have to look like douchey looking tribal stuff you know it can still be tribal but it doesn't have to to be like the you know, the played out whatever but then again if if that shit gets real popular, then that's going to be the stuff that's played out. All the mandalas and the stippled mandalas and everybody, all the little girls are going to want mandalas on their, of all places, probably their kidney or something, you know? Like, the worst spot to put a geometrical tattoo, but yeah, it it, I think I think everything at, at this point in the game goes through its phases, and there are going to be those people like, like Dylan, like Rox, like Thomas Hooper, like John Dix, who are going to continue to like Leo, still pushing the limits with Tribal. Oh yeah, and they're going to be doing that. They're going to be pushing the limits of their particular genre of Tribal, and there'll be the you know the the hanger-ons and the leeches that want to try to replicate that, and they'll do it for a time until something else is fucking cool. You know, little who knows yeah. what the next thing is. The funny thing, like when you say that. You, you think about it. That's kind of with every style of tattooing because there's something that becomes popular. There's a there's this group of people that actually really take the time to study it and become good at it, and it looks awesome. I don't, you know, we sit here and I, I make these stupid comments about like the typical '90s style tribal stuff, but like when people do it good, I mean, it's it's not something I'd wear, but fuck, man, that's 
it's awesome and it flows the body and it's it's a great tattoo it doesn't have to mean anything you know right <laughs> it just looks epic man you know yeah but um you know or like traditional like you people see that stuff and you know, when it's not done right and you see the people who kind of copied it a little and didn't nail it um you know like my favorite tattoos are like just good solid traditional tattoos and um so many people fuck that up you know they don't study it enough and um and it, people come in like i don't like traditional i don't like old school whatever because they just seen so many bad ones you know so many so many so much of it done horrible and uh right they don't color tattoos because they've seen so many bad color tattoos you know and um uh when it's i guess with with anything when it's done right you know and you study it enough and and learn it um it can be a beautiful tattoo absolutely and i think it is i mean i've talked it plenty talked about it plenty before on the podcast it's incumbent upon us as tattooers to educate the people that are coming in that don't have as matt hodell put it the visual catalog or visual reference in their head to think or even see that this particular tattoo is why it's good or why it's not good and once you educate them on hey this is what's possible this is what we can do within your budget within the space that we're working at within you know these variables they're going to get a better tattoo yeah so it's, sure. I think it's about educating the client for sure and and using the tools that we have, which there's plenty of nice tattoos out there that you can show people when they bring in a shitty one from, you know, Google Images or Pinterest. Yeah. You can you know redirect their, their interest. And what's funny about that, like, um, uh, I sometimes have an easier time. If somebody brings in a shitty reference of, like, some heart and key locket and they want something, you know, I could be like, Oh wait, let me, let me draw something, and I can just take that and I can almost just throw it in the trash and then make something way better. But like I get the idea; they want a heart and key, and they kind of like this little element, so I can you know emphasize that, um, and it's easy. But like, what's hard for me is I have other clients of mine who actually know what good tattoos are, and they go and find the most badass fucking tattoos, and they bring it to me. I, I love this. I want this, and it's like, oh my god! And I even know the person, you know, like. You know, they, maybe they bought a machine from me or something, or, or the, you know, they would kind of like follow each other on Instagram. Like, fuck, as much as I just want to like just do it exactly like that, <laughs> I, I can't. And like, I'll spend more time trying to like not draw like what they ask, you know, like how do I like do this but not do this? And how do I not step on somebody's toes and, and create something new? And, and <laughs> it, it makes it hard. It's, when, the, when the reference they bring in is shitty, it's, you can always make it look better. Yeah, that is the be- that is the benefit of a lot of those shitty pictures that come off the internet, and it's true. You know, there there is a balance there too between figuring out, you know, not ripping somebody off, and figuring out what element that the client wants from that tattoo that you can turn into a tattoo that's unique for them. And I think again, it's educating the client on, hey, this is a tattooer, you know. Here's his Instagram. Take a look at all his work. This is the style he works in. I don't want to rip off that idea. I don't want to. You can tell them exactly. Be honest about, hey, you don't want to wear. I I don't think. Why would you want to wear something that somebody else is wearing around? You know, and I think at that point when you when you kind of let them into the inside scoop of why you don't want to do that stuff, it turns their idea around and be like, well, hey, wait, I, I want to be unique, too. I want to have some badass shit. 
so let me get, you know, what do you suggest? And then they'll refer to the re- revert to asking the expert who's, you know, you, the tattooer, and because you know all the variables that you have to take into consideration, including the political ones <laughs> that you don't want to rip somebody's shit off. Oh, I know, man. That'd be the worst, you know, like, so, like, uh, yeah, this, uh, this guy, uh, Christian Lent, I didn't say his name, Lanet, Lanuet is a, he's, um, like a French Canadian tattooer and he, he had this like gypsy thing, like, you know, and, um, um, and the funny thing is he's bought several machines from me. And so, you know, we, we chat back and forth here and there and, um, it was awesome work. And he did this gypsy thing and this, a, a client of mine brought in a, one of his tattoos and, and she's like, I want this. I'm like, Oh fuck, <laughs> I totally can't do it. You know, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you kind of wish that people would bring you in cool shit that you could tattoo. And then when they do, it's like, man, how do I, how do I not do that? But, do that? <laughs> but um, you know what? That, that's an, something else to talk about is um, probably it's like, what do you say in the last 10 years, like stuff's gone from is acceptable to have like some flash off the wall to now like, um, you know, people, everybody needs their, their custom tattoo design. Um, yeah. Versus, Versus just being able to take this one thing and be able to kind of do it over and over again. and um, I know. think it's changing back, though. Because had, I had these two ladies about a month or so back came in. Their car, broke, their car broke down. They come on into the tattoo shop to waste time while it's getting fixed. They both want to get tattooed. I did two Mike Malone Rolo designs off the wall, exactly as is. And somebody else just the other day this week uh, or last week came in and was like oh man one of my next tattoos has got to be right off the wall i'm like hell yeah pick some shit man we got a lot of cool flash on the wall yeah and you don't feel bad about like knocking it off it's it's cool and it's it's available like you can do it and you're not gonna get you know bashed for 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 doing a piece of flash you know it's what it's there for you're right and uh yeah that's the difference you know between flash what flash used to be flash was tattooers sold their flash so that you could do it so you had more available designs to work from you know and nowadays they sell their designs as as just pieces of art mostly you know a lot of people the more collector type clients will get flash off the wall but i hopefully it's going back there too the general public is more educated about why we have designs on the wall what where it came from and what it used to be used for and they get into that. That's part of the culture, you know. Yeah, that's something. You know, like I, I'm pretty bad about. Like I don't, I don't know fucking who anybody is, or I don't know. Like I don't know names of this and uh, flash designs of whoever. Like I, 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 I never even worked in a shop where we hardly ever did any flash, you know. But it'd be really cool. Like um, I'd love to just go guest spot a week at a shop where I did nothing but like cool flash off the wall, you know, and and not have to think about about it but i always catch myself even if I, I say that and i probably get the design I'm like okay we're gonna have to change this and <laughs> i don't like that and and you know but but uh at least having something there with a green light to be able to copy it as much as i wanted you know without without being um you know frowned upon you know it'd be kind of a relaxing thing absolutely i heard that uh i don't know if i read it in an interview or heard from somebody it must be in an interview that I read at some point. Aaron Kane was so tired of doing custom big work that was so involved, and he just he moved to Florida and he was just tattooing at a little 
fucking street shop in Florida on the beach, you know, kind of like in the vein of Venice, you know, on, yeah. the, on the boardwalk there and just doing dolphins and fucking stars and whatever else like walked in the door and yeah. just to kind of, yeah, regroup and relax because it got too overwhelming. Like I just sometimes like I have a lot of fun. It's fun when I can create a nice piece of artwork, but like I have I have a good time just tattooing in general, you know. Um, especially if it's not like something that's going to take me four hours to do, you know. I can do something in like thirty minutes, and it's awesome if you have like a counter person who like does your setup and breakdown for you. Then um, yeah, I, I did that. I went to a shop. I've never had that at a shop. I actually worked at, but I guess bought it at a shop in St. Louis and um, at All Star and. And they had that counter girl. She was just trained, man. She'd go in and, you know, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Like, I would look up. My station is all set up and everything's bagged and ready to go. All I had to do was put the tube in my machine and go. And um, it's like, God damn, I could get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nice, huh? Oh, yeah. And I came back and I was like, oh, man, I got to do all this stuff. You know, I tattooed a long weekend there and I come back. and like, fuck, I got to break down and set up and scrub my tubes. Oh, oh shit. What the fuck happened there? That shit just ended. All right, we're going to try to get him back on the back on the phone. Maybe he bumped it with his thumb. Hey, we got disconnected real quick, so no big deal. Hey Dan, thanks man for for coming on. What's where can people go and check out your rotaries? What's your Instagram and what's your website? Uh dancuban.com. Spell, can you spell that out for everybody? D-A-N-K-U-B-I-N dot com. And that's also the Instagram, correct? Yeah, my Instagram is just at Dan Cuban. Cool. Man, I appreciate you coming on. It's a fun talk with you, you know, every time. And uh, really appreciate, you know, the the innovation and, and the time that you put into doing your, you know, putting these machines together and, and recreating some shit for us. Well, I appreciate you having me on, man. No problem. Hey, enjoy your day. I appreciate it. And uh, take care. All right, Joe. Thanks. You bet.